to the Commons, a podcast featuring researchers, innovators, artists, entrepreneurs, and community builders who are improving the human condition in your own backyard and around the globe. I'm your host, Tom Osha. In our season four trailer, we at the Commons promise to deliver a wide cross-section of guests, from Nobel laureates to artists, tinkerers to CEOs, startups to community members. This week, we take a look at what is often called the most social drink in the world, beer. It brings people together, can be found in almost every community, and is equal parts art and science. Today, we are coming to you from Gabby's Cafe, a mainstay of Wyoming, a charming community outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. After 20 years serving authentic, homemade Italian food, they are embarking on a startup venture to complement their food offerings, the manufacture of beer. From humble beginnings in Joe Cornella's basement to an impressive one-barrel system below Gabby's, Bocce Brewing is a testament to the passion and determination of its founders Dino DeStasi and Joe Cornella. In honor of the annual tradition of Bachfest, one of the largest of which is in Cincinnati this coming weekend, I traveled to Gabby's to spend a few hours with Joe, learning about bocce and its origins, the microbrewing industry, the brewing process, and of course, to sample a few bocce beers along the way. So grab your favorite pint glass, settle in, and prepare to embark on a journey through the artistry and expertise that define bocce brewing. I hope you enjoy it. My guest this afternoon is Joe Cornella. He is the head brewer at Bocce Brewing. Joe, welcome to the Commons. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it, man. This is this is fantastic. This is going to be a lot of fun today. Hey, we are here in the headquarters of Bocce Brewing, which is also part of Gabby's Cafe mm-hmm. in Wyoming, Ohio. I just met your dad and and another friend who are helping you. Yeah. I understand we're going to go visit the brewery itself, which sits right below us. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about the bocce story. I'm the general manager here at Gabby's Cafe, and uh, Dino, the owner, and I have uh, been talking for a while. And I worked here years ago and kind of came back about three years ago. And right away, we both kind of looked at each other, and we both have a love of craft beer. You know, we really love same style, same everything. And we just kind of looked at each other almost at the same time, and said, let's brew. You know, and uh, it, I mean, he, I know he's been thinking about it for a long time. I've always wanted to do it. And, you know, I was just like, let's just make our own beer. We're a from scratch res- restaurant. I mean, we make everything from scratch in the kitchen. So why don't we or beer from scratch? You right, know? right. So we just, we started getting our license and started the application process and Two and a half years later, here we are. So we have a couple of beers in front of us yes, we do. that you've got on tap here. Tell me, mm-hmm. tell me what we're drinking. Uh, so one of them is uh, what we call Double D Double IPA, and Double D is after Dino DeStasi, uh, the owner. And uh, that one's this really nice malt forward, uh, just your run-of-the-mill double IPA. It's, it's, we're really happy with the way that this one turned out. Uh, the other one we're drinking is called Old Weirdo. It's a, an English, old English brown ale. And uh, one of my brewers, Joseph, uh, he has been brewing since the 70s. So he really brings in a lot of uh, his uh, expertise from just home brewing and trial and error for, what, 40-plus years. He had created this, this, uh, this beer, and he said, 
do you mind if I use the system to uh, brew some beer for a party I'm going to at the end of March? I said, absolutely. So he brewed it. I tasted it. I said, you're not taking that to the party. So you're putting that on tap here. <laughs> so I, I took two of his kegs. He went out and bought all the supplies. And I was like, we're going to take this. And then we're going to do a big batch of it. And I said, then you can have two of our cakes. So there, just to there make you it. go. Well, but they're, it, they're both it, delicious. Oh, they turned out. It, they both really turned out better than I thought they would turn out, to be honest. But the old weirdo, I'm just pleasantly surprised. And, and really, it, it was the number one seller over the weekend. And, you know, it's done real well. The, the fact that you're in brewing mm-hmm. and in the restaurant business, talk to me a little bit about the pairing of, of beer and and, oh, sure. and how they really belong together, especially in, in a, an Italian forward kind of restaurant. Absolutely. So craft beer industry and food pairing is is great. Like IPAs go good with uh, any kind of like a red meat, Italian food. Just like if you were to pair wine, a red wine goes really well with the pasta. You know, a, a white wine goes really well with the fish, you know, and then you can bring that into it as well. And I, I just I just love craft beer and I love, I love food, especially Italian food. And I, I'm, I'm Italian myself. And just have, being able to fix the food and fix the beer here all in one place, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And I think a lot of, talking to a lot of people out there in the brewing industry, there's a lot of restaurants that are probably going to go that way. You know, a lot of brewers. And I remember Dino coming to me also and he goes, you know what, we got the food, let's get the beer. And because a lot of other breweries have the beer and they're slowly bringing on the food. But we are, we've perfected the food, if, yeah. if I do say so myself. <laughs> well, I, I can say so, too, based on my waistline and the number of times a, a week my wife and I eat here. Craft brewing has, mm-hmm. has been having a moment for years. Sure. You know, people talk about home brewing. They talk about microbrews. They talk about, you know, craft brewing. And so mm-hmm. just mystify this a little bit. Take us through the process of actually making beer. So when, when we go downstairs mm-hmm. to see the setup, what are we going to see? Well, so you're going to see a lot of the state, and I believe federally, they ask you, like, how many barrels a year do you brew? That's how they find out if, what kind of, if you're going to be a nano brew, micro brew, brewery, you know, Budweiser, Anheuser right. Bush, you know. We have one uh, big system. We have one barrel system. It's electric. It's from Spike Brewing. One barrel of beer is, that people may not know is 31 gallons. So we have one barrel system down there. So we mash in our mash tun. And then we boil in our boil kettle. And then that's when we add your hops and everything in the boil kettle in the boil process. And then uh, once that's all done, and, it, and the mashing it takes anywhere, depending on the recipe, from an hour, 75 minutes. The one we did today, we did an amber ale. And that one calls for a 75-minute mash. Um, the boil is usually about an hour. You usually okay. do an hour boil. Again, obviously, depending on the recipe. Um, and then you have your hop additions. So depending on the hops, depending on the recipe, you know, we use East Kent Goling and uh, uh, Willamette uh, hops. And it depends on, you know, 60 minutes. At, we count down from 60 minutes down to zero. So at 60 minutes, which is pretty much right away, right when you get that boil, you add your first hop addition. And then we didn't add our second one to about 20 minutes uh, left in the boil. And then we did our last one at five minutes left in the boil. And then we transferred it over to our uh, uh, fermenter. And then once we, as we were going into our fermenter, you have to pitch your yeast or, or add your yeast at a certain temperature. And it does, definitely depends on the yeast strain. Some can take uh, warmer temperatures. Some can take colder temperatures. So right when we put it in there about 70 degrees, we add our yeast. We close it up. We lock it up. And we set it in a corner. And we wait usually about, about two weeks. So okay. We, 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 All right. And I'll test it out throughout the, you know, throughout the fermenting process. 
It takes about three or four days for actual the fermentation to be real strong. And then uh, you just kind of let it sit there for, for a little bit and let it kind of marinate, if you will. And then uh, you do some testing, and we have a sample port on our fermenters that, so we can kind of see if it's going the right direction. Yeah. It's one of those things that's really important, to, for, especially for me being, being new, to make sure that you know, what we put on there, we're putting our name on there yeah. as well. So, I mean, we're, we're not you know, any of those big breweries that have been around forever. I mean, we still have some growth. You know, our amber ales, the flavor profile is going to change a little bit over the years because yeah, we're going to figure out, oh, we should have done this. Let's right, start right. doing this. You know, we've already done that, you know, <laughs> a couple of times. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's a pretty easy. It's about six-hour brew day, uh, just depending with cleanup and everything. And then it's a hurry up and wait kind of thing. So it's not like baking a cake. You put everything together, and then an hour later you get to eat your cake. You, know, you don't get to eat your, you don't get to drink your beer for about two weeks. Tell me a little bit about the flavor profile. How do you, how do you decide how you're going to flavor what kinds of grains, what kinds of hops to get those mixes that you really want? Yeah, sure. So, uh, the Amber, I, I kind of got inspired from a recipe I found on, uh, on a, um, software that we use called Beersmith. I, I was looking up Amber Ales and I said, I really like those. I know that that's very, that's a more maltier one. And then uh, with amber ales, at the, at kind of at the end, we use it, what, what's called a chocolate malt. It kind of gives an almost a, a very subtle coffee flavor at the end of the amber. But it's a very malt forward, so we want those malty characteristics. And then, uh, you know, the hop additions, it just kind of depends on when you actually put those hops in the batch, whether it's, boiling, whether it's in the boil. Um, it just kind of depends on, you know, I look at a few different ones and kind of collaborate with them and say, this is what, this is what we're going to go with. That's kind of how I did the, uh, the, the Midwest IPA. I actually got, I, I tried Great Lakes Midwest IPA, which was fantastic. I never even heard of the style of Midwest IPA, and this was a couple months ago, not even. And I was like, man, this is really good. So I went on their site, and I saw what malts they used, and then I saw another recipe, and I said, okay, well, I don't like those hops, and I don't like these ones. Let's try these hops and see what these do. So I kind of combined a couple recipes and kind of created our own. Which was nice. So, um, I mean, it's, it's just funny because we, like I said, the, the Wyoming IPA, or Wyoming, the Midwest IPA, has two, two grains in it. Yeah. Just two. And it makes it amazing. The hops do the rest. But uh, it's just, it's unbelievable. And then my amber has six. So it, it kind of, everything kind of does its own thing and just kind of depends on, you always have your base malt, which is the one that you're going to have the, the majority percent of malt in your recipe, which is usually like a pale malt or two row malt, something like that. Um, and then the other ones are kind of like three or four pounds here and there. And the, like this morning, our uh, amber, our base malt was 50 pounds. Uh, the next one was six. So wow. then, then, then three and three and two and then eight ounces, or 10 ounces, sorry, of chocolate malt. So you go from okay. 50 pounds of this one malt to eight ounces of a chocolate malt. And you can really taste that chocolate malt in there. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not overwhelming, but it's very subtle. But at the same time, like, that little bit of chocolate malt really stands out. It does a really good job. So, One of the things uh, on this show that we talk about is both innovation and collaboration, mm-hmm. right? So you've talked a little bit about some of the innovation. Mm-hmm. How about the collaboration? Cincinnati is really well known, right, for a craft brew scene. Certainly you have the giants like Rheingeist. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's it like to, do you collaborate with others? Can, do people help you solve problems? Is it? <laughs> Is it a real collegial environment? Oh, I'm so glad you said it. This, this industry is 
one of the best industries I've been in. Uh, everybody's there to help you out. Nobody wants you to fail. As soon as you look at it as competition, you're already starting to fail. I have one of my really good friends, uh, Bob Bolas. He owns Fibonacci over in Mount Healthy. And I've, I've turned to him a few times. He, uh, he's the one who actually taught me how to drink IPAs. So I hated IPAs more than anything. I hated anything that had the letters IP and A in it. <laughs> and he, he just looks at me one day and he goes, you need to learn how to drink IPAs. And I was thinking, like, what are you talking about? And so he explained to me, like, there's different kinds of IPAs. I mean, there's a whole spectrum now anymore. Um, so he's helped me out a little bit. Um, Listerman's, um, we go down and get our, a lot of our grains from them. And uh, the guys down at Humble Monk down on the north side, these guys are absolutely incredible. Uh, we keep them on here, uh, on tap here, and they're, they're great. They've, anytime I have any kind of question, and I call them, they're first to respond. Um, and we're going to do a collaboration with them here coming up. It's going to be, and I don't have all the details to it, but it's going to be something to do with like an Italian grape wine beer. Wow. Yeah, so some, they had brewed it before down there, and a, a man named Alan Molman, he's just a brew genius, he, uh, he did it, I think, a couple of years ago or something, and it turned out really well. And we just figured, you know, um, he, we go down there, we wash our kegs down in Humble Monk, and we, we hang out with those guys for a little bit, and just incredible people across the board. I mean, there's nobody here that, uh, nobody I've talked to in this industry that's been not willing to help or not going, I don't have the time. Like, they make time for you. And I, and I wanted to reciprocate that. You know, I'm so new that people aren't, they're not coming to me yet for anything. So maybe somebody that down the street who opens a brewery and was like, how'd you do it? And I'm more than welcome to sit down and talk to them. I love talking about beer. I love talking about craft beer. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very collaborative industry. Is there a particular style that you enjoy brewing more than others? Come to think of it, uh, you know, I, I do like a good IPA now, ironically, now that I know how to drink them. Um, I, I kind of, I didn't come up with it, but I came up with the recipe uh, as our Midwest IPA that we have down there fermenting right now. And I know your wife had one of them. Yes, she said yeah, she, one she of her favorites. It. Yeah, uh, we have that. We did the build five gallon um, batch of it, and it just turned out really well. And so we, we said, let's go bigger. So we did a 30 gallon batch of it. And we actually just put it, um, put it in cakes today. So it's going to be ready for Bachfest next weekend. And uh, it, it's one of, those, one of those beers that, you know, it doesn't, there's not a lot to it. There's two grains. There's a lot of my amber has six different grains. This one has two, right? And uh, it, just, for some, it just came out great. And I'm just really excited about this beer. I named it Wyo, B-Y-O after Wyoming. So Wyo Midwest IPA. So that should be out hopefully in mid, midweek next week. Bachfest is a big thing in Cincinnati, right? <clears throat> it's huge. I was listening to a podcast the other day. Uh, they were talking about how there's not a lot of Bachfests outside of Cincinnati. Uh, there's not a lot of Bachfests in Germany. Even though it's kind of a German festival, there's, there's really not a lot of Bachfests in Germany. And I know Cincinnati, this is, I think this is the 32nd. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's an old or, festival yeah, here. Yeah, 32nd, 33rd, something like that. During COVID, they canceled it that year. And uh, they pushed it out to the breweries and the, and the bars and venues and stuff. And we got on their marketing. It was our best day of the year. Let's do it again. And now we're at our fourth one. So this is our fourth annual Bachfest and our official launch of Bocce Brewing. So, so you'll be featuring the Y.O. Midwest. Yep. So we'll do the Midwest IPA. Yep. We'll have our Amber, our Double okay. IPA, and we have two Bach beers that we're doing. Yeah, and then we also have two guest Bachs. We have one from Northern Row and then one from uh, Third Eye. So uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have some good good beer on tap. We're gonna be uh, selling beer out on the parking lot um, behind us, uh, as well as uh, some nice German food, 
sauerkraut balls, brat burgers, pretzels and beer cheese, pizza, things like that. And then uh, we got a good Oompa band coming. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it's, as of right now, the weather seems like it's going to cooperate. Uh, and that's on March 2nd, uh, next Saturday from 12 to 6. We're going to close off the street out here and have a party. The industry's been facing some challenges lately, mm-hmm. right? It, it seems like not a week goes by, there isn't a story in, a, in the business journal mm-hmm. in some city about a, a, a small craft brewery going out of business. Mm-hmm. What really separates those that are able to to soldier through from those that have maybe popularity for a year or two and then seem to fade away? Uh, you know, a lot of it is creative differences sometimes. Uh, some people are like, they want to, one maybe partner wants to do one thing, the other one doesn't want to do that. So it might split them up that yeah. way. Being too big too fast, uh, that, that kind of hurts. I have seen that, yes. I mean, that kind of hurts. I mean, and that's why we're, we're staying small. Yeah. You know, we have six taps on our tower, and right now we have two on, on tap right now. We've had as much as three, uh, which was great. Uh, but, I mean, if, if we went and just said, let's go too big, let's go big right now, we could, be, we could fail in a year. You know what I mean? Um, so we're just we're going slow, slow but in a steady pace and just making sure that, you know, we know what we're doing as much as we can. My, my dad, who is one of my brewers as well, he's, this is like his about almost his third time retiring. <laughs> he uh, he's got a chemistry background, so that he brings a lot of his chemistry back, background to to the table here, which is really nice. He, I mean, he's all three of us have you know something different that we can put right. into here, and uh, it's just one of those things. I'm not putting any pressure on it. You know, I think we're going to be fine. We're going to go. I mean, as long as Gabby's just here, we're going to be here. Um, and we have like we have a good partnership in Dino and, and Gabby's. We started <laughs> off with one fermenter. And then uh, I went to Dino and I said, do you know, we need to look into getting another fermenter. And he goes, all right, let's, let's try to do that. And so we ended up getting another one. And then I was like, man, we need, we need more. So now we have four fermenters, four, okay. four one barrel fermenters down there. And that might seem like it's going big really fast, but it's actually like, it's really nice because we have two of our ambers right next to each other fermenting and two, right. and two fermenters. So we're trying to stick with the amber and the double IPA for a while. Okay. And then throw in a beer in here too. The Midwest IPA, I think we're actually going to keep year round as well. And then that way we can start doing some experiments, do some seasonal stuff. I think we'll probably have three to four beers at all times. And then we'll probably end up going with six here in about another year, something like that. But who knows? We could surprise ourselves. So what's the most rewarding thing to you about being a brewer? Well, I, I just like seeing people happy. I mean, beer and beer is one of the most social, it is the most social drink in the world. And just to, for somebody to be able to taste that and just go, wow, that was good. Just made the, as, as many fits as we may have had that brew day, it, they, it all goes away. I mean, just as somebody's like, this is really good. And, get, and even just giving you honest feedback, even if they're like, ah, this wasn't for me. And it's like, all right, well, I appreciate you trying that. Yeah. You always tell people, I was like, be honest, but don't be a jerk. Yeah, right, right. You know, that, that's, li- that's life advice. Right, 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 yeah. But I, I mean, I, I love being able to come up here and people like really going, oh, and I see people like not even looking at me and I watch them take a sip and they're like, wow, that's pretty good. And it's like, that right there. That's it. And it just makes me feel good. You know, it makes, makes me feel that our, it's, and it's hard work, but it's fun work, you know. And it's, it's the most, I always call it the most frustratingly, amazing job because sometimes you get so frustrated with some temperature changes and things like this but then at the end of the day when you're when you're sitting down having a beer with your guys eating lunch and you're talking about it, you're like that was a good brew day 
That was fun. So uh, you said a moment ago that beer was the most social drink in the world. Mm -hmm. So if you could have that beer with anybody, who would it be? Came right out on that one, didn't you? I I like that question, but I'm like, man, I think, honestly, I think if I could have one beer with anybody in the world, alive or dead? Alive or dead. I would say probably Jerry Garcia. Okay. He's he's one of my favorites. He's an amazing... um, Amazing poet. Uh, he's an amazing artist. I mean, unfortunately, he's, his time, you know, he left us in an earlier time than we should have. But just, you know, sitting down, just hearing stories of like, you know, where did you come up with those lyrics? Well, I, I have a feeling I know some yeah, of them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> right. Him and, uh, and also uh, Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, okay. He, he, oh, all right. His, his songs have like crazy stories to them as well. And it's just like, you know, I, I always get inspired with with songwriters and just like, where did you get this? You know, where did you get that at? But I think if I had to pick one person to sit down, have a beer with, and talk about just life or whatever, would be Jerry Garcia. Yeah. So stories are important. And so your story, what brought you here? Good question. So yeah, out of high school, I went to the Navy for four years, got out, uh, started just... Uh, Managing some restaurants. I worked at a restaurant, and, and uh, I wanted to learn how to bartend. And they said, yeah, you can learn how to bartend. We unfortunately don't want to be bar chefs, but I was like, I don't care. I was like, I'll come in on my day off. I just want to bartend. I think it'd be great. Fortunately, I got to slide into a role where I got to start bartending, went into bar managing, uh, managed a bar down in Mount Adams. And then uh, right from there, I actually moved out to Denver for a couple of years. Which is like the craft beer mecca. Yeah, yep. it, it is a big <laughs> so scene there. I got, yeah. I got really big in the craft beer out there. So we got huge in that. And uh, my wife at the time, when we were out there, she, uh, she looked at me and we were thinking about doing some brewing. And she goes, she was pregnant with her daughter. And she says, go out. Go out to breweries and research. I was like, I have to? Yeah. She's like, yeah, just do it. Go out there and research. All right. So I went out there and, and just talked to some brewers and stuff and learned quite a bit about it. And then moved, we moved back. I was going to school and uh, taking classes for statistics and, and geology, of all things. And uh, I started working here. I worked here for about a year and a half. I uh, got a um, veteran recruitment position and uh, did that for about five years and lost the job due to COVID. I saw Dino out there and he's seeing a bartend for me now. And I go, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I guess I can. You know, I said... I want to do a little bit more than just just bartending. I said, I want to help you run Gabby's. He's like, done. So we, we discussed it. And, and then it was, it was about, I would say it was probably about two months of me being here again is when we decided to go ahead and do the brewing. Come Dina, full, Dina DeStasi. There you go. Come full circle. <laughs> so right. fi- final question. Sure. Uh, who is it that inspires you the most? You know what? Probably my parents, I'll be honest with you. I know that's kind of a corny thing, but... You know, the way that I've been working with my dad, especially the last few months, I mean, just seeing the passion that he has in things when he does anything. You know, he's one of the hardest working guys I've ever met. If I had an ounce of the amount of hard work that he has, that'd be great. And my mom, I mean, what my mom does for the family when we're all out there is just incredible. And my sister and I look at each other like we're, we're two of the luckiest people. But they're, they're always doing stuff for, for me and my, our family and just incredible people. Tremendous. Well, I'm yeah. sure they're very proud of, of what you have done, what you've done here, and what you've done with Bocce Brewing. My guest today on The Commons has been Joe Cornella. He is the head brewer at Bocce Brewing. I'm Tom Osha, and this is The Commons. The Commons is a production of Wexford Science and Technology, LLC. 
views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guest. To view additional material about today's episode, submit questions or story ideas, or learn more about Wexford Science and Technology, please visit www.wexfordscitech.com forward slash the commons. I'm your host, Tom Osha. Thanks for listening.